I'm Nevin, and I'm cooking up a podcast. Each week, I'm going to share some new recipes, talk to people about food and cooking, make some videos, and go on some adventures. You can find it all at nevintaylorcooks.com. This week, I talk with John Wong. He's the North Shore Regional Director of the Food Project. All right, all right. Welcome to another episode of Cooking Up a Podcast. I've been posting a ton of recipes up on, well, maybe not a ton, but I've been posting recipes up on nevintaylorcooks.com. So if you haven't seen those yet, go check them out. I've been posting, making videos about all these recipes too on my YouTube channel. So you can go check that out too. It's Nevin Taylor on YouTube. Um, But each week I'm posting videos based on what I'm into that week. So, you know, what's in the woods, uh, video recipes too. All getting posted up every single week. New stuff. This week is the first time that I've kind of like interviewed someone from a larger organization, which was pretty awesome because the organization is rad. It's called The Food Project. The Food Project is a nonprofit and their mission is to create a thoughtful and productive community of youth and adults from diverse backgrounds to work together and build a sustainable food system. Their community provides healthy food for the residents in cities and suburbs and provides youth leadership opportunities and inspires and supports others to create change in their own community. So they're working with youth of all different you know, ages and, and groups and from different places, getting them together to come out um, onto farms or gardens and that sort of thing and grow food and be connected with the land. Their vision is to create a world where youth are active leaders and diverse communities feel connected to the land and each other and everyone has access to fresh, local, healthy, and affordable food. Just like a super rad project like like so amazing the work that they're doing uh, getting kids involved and helping them grow and giving them um, you know, positivity. It's just putting positivity out into the world through food, um, which is kind of like what this whole thing is too, you know, just trying to connect with different people from all over the place and um, tell stories and connect and learn and share. You know, what they're doing is super, super amazing work. Part of their philosophy is that they generate a community where People have a rare opportunity to recreate themselves. They gather youths and adults together from all backgrounds and abilities and give them the opportunity to contribute purposefully to a society by growing food and caring for the land and bringing fresh and affordable produce to communities with the least amount of access. Yeah, so it's just amazing. Like it, this is like the work that needs to be happening more and more and more. More people need to be supporting this sort of stuff. It's, it's just beautiful. You know, it's just like the best 
amazing stuff and I can't wait to connect with them more, volunteer and find more ways to be able to use my skills and the stuff that I'm doing right now to help connect with youth. So anyway, that is the food project and they have like way more stuff than that going on. They have a 70 acre farm, uh, Eastern Massachusetts and Beverly, they have spots in Lynn and Lincoln and in Boston having like kind of a community garden type situations or small like quarter acre plots that they farm in Dudley and you know ways that you can get involved is they do a CSA membership. People can buy and they have drop offs in Jamaica Plain, Somerville. Dudley Town Common and in Lynn. So just anybody can sign up for it. But really cool stuff is that they also accept SNAP benefits as a payment option for the CSA. So, you know, SNAP is a nutrition assistance program through the government that is um, given to low income individuals and families. So they are helping low income families and individuals have more access to fresh local food and getting into people's houses and homes, getting more people to eat fresh food, to eat healthy food, to eat nutritious food. You can also volunteer on their farms um, and there's tons of different ways to get involved. You can donate to them. You can use, there's like an Amazon link thing set up. So when you uh, are using Amazon, you can use a link and use them as your nonprofit. So a percentage of your purchases are then donated to them as a nonprofit. Um, you can buy the food at their farmers markets and they have tons of stuff like that going on. Um, they, they throw events and stuff like that. You can check it all out at thefoodproject.org. But specifically this week, I went and talked with John Wong and he is the regional director on the North Shore for the Food Project. And they just recently launched a new initiative called Lean Grows, which is helping to create a better food system within Lynn, which is a community in need of fresh food alternatives and, and access to fresh food as a community. They're helping to be a resource to help people make healthy decisions around their food choices. Um, they have a, a list of priorities on their website, which are really cool. Um, you can check out their website too, is leangrows.org. And John Wong is you know one of the people who helped make this thing happen. He's on the steering committee, which he'll talk about. Yeah, their priorities, which came trickled in through the steering committee, which is just like this group of people that got together to talk about what was important to them in the community. So a list of their priorities as Lynn grows is improving school food, the affordability of you know, offering incentives to focus on purchasing local fruits and vegetables, access to those foods, specifically for low-income residents in Lynn, educating Lynn residents on food and health and nutrition, providing more uh, community gardens and local food business assistance 
through uh, encouraging small business development and economic growth within Here's me and John Wong uh, talking about all of this different stuff. I am super grateful for his time and for the food projects work. Um, please check out all the stuff that they have going on and support them. And um, I'm hoping to work with them again um, soon in the future. Maybe interview some more people, maybe go on some adventures, go out to the farms, check some things out. Anyways, I love life and the food project and all of this stuff and food and cooking. Um, and this just makes me so excited about everything everything in the world the world is a beautiful place and that food and cooking is part of the thing that is going to help um, spread positivity everywhere um, and you know that's beautiful so anyway here we go let's talk with John Wong So my name is John Wong. I'm the regional director for the Food Projects North Shore site. And I actually helped, I was part of the founding team here in 2005. I was a youth development specialist at that time, along with a, a site director and a head farmer grower. And been here since, uh, you know, went to Greater Boston for a little bit, but ultimately came back up to the North Shore and been here for a while now. So I went to my journey, like an undergrad was in microbiology and chemistry and was on the path of becoming a doctor, but was really kind of disenchanted by a lot of the folks that I was going to school with who were, who were into it for more prestige and money and, you know, recognition. And so I really needed to take some time after I graduated to see if this was what I really wanted to do, if these were the people that I really wanted to go to school with and do this work. So I did two years of AmeriCorps. Um, I did one working with City Year because I always loved working with youth, but never thought that was a profession I could pursue. Um, and then the second year I did uh, an AmeriCorps program that worked at an HIV AIDS clinic and just recognized like how much or the lack of resources that folks in that community had access to. We worked next to a mental health clinic and saw that shut down midway through my service year. Just folks just not getting a lot of support. And so that's a long story that leads me to Boston. So I grew up in Illinois. First year, city year, Seattle, and then San Diego, where I did the HIV AIDS clinic. And then I came to Boston to go to grad school because I was doing a lot of direct service work and wanted to get involved in policy level and structural kind of work because I knew those were letting folks down at that component. So there's like a combination of that structural direct service stuff that I was very interested in and like looking into. Politics, like policy making. Policy, yeah. laws, yeah. How do you bridge that and like how can you connect you know, people that have experienced it with those kinds of pieces. So I came to Brandeis to go into a master's program uh, that focused on health policy and management. And it was, uh, instead of a traditional two-year master's program, it was a one-year uh, master's program that kicked my butt. And so after that, I was living in Waltham. I was like, I need you know to take some time off and I just remember one of my classes like my girlfriend at the time was like handing me this job description about the food project 
took it in my hands, looked at it for a second, was passing it off to the next person, and then she was like, no, 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 you should really take a look at it. Yeah. And I was like, all right, fine. So I looked at it, and I was like, oh, it's interesting, it's working with youth, it's working on a farm, it's in Lincoln, I could bike there. It'd be great. The letterhead said Lincoln. So what I didn't realize until the second or third interview that it was for to start a site in the North Shore in Lynn and I was just like I didn't know where Lynn was so instead of a and then you know in the I just remember in the interview they were asking so how do you feel about working in Lynn or in the North Shore and then in my head I was like what is the North Shore because <laughs> I wasn't from this area right, either right, right. and so and I was just thinking I don't think Walden Pond has a North Shore <laughs> side of it <laughs> just in my interview and so I was just like oh yeah it's great yeah love it love yeah. it excited went home and found out it was a 45 minute car commute oh boy <laughs> from Waltham to Lynn but you know I ended up getting the position thought I was only going to be there for a year because I was like youth farming okay I'll do that figure some stuff out but then when I got here I was just really moved by as part of the interview process youth were kind of like the final interviewers for me and they had like a lot of input in that process um, and then while I started working here while I was curious with that like you know I saw like how this work connects with like you know community engagement I could use my policy level experience to, you know, do food policy work. It changed with the season, so it was like seasonal work where I love the outdoors. I got to work and partner with youth that weren't like, you know, necessarily, you know, tokenized, but just like in genuine partnership and working together and just like an amazing staff that really pulled from like very, uh, and intentionally pulled from very diverse areas of community to be able to learn how to dialogue and work across those differences uh, to do some constructive, meaningful work around around food. What that brought you to Lynn and what, what sort of things within that food project and the connecting with youth, what are some kind of like s- specific things that like brought you in and right at the beginning that, that gave you that kind of like connection right away? Or like, I guess, what's the work that the food project does or did then that was very intriguing to you? Yeah, I think kind of what I mentioned before is just like, you know, that work in genuine partnership with youth, like not necessarily saying like, I'm the manager, or I'm the coordinator, you must listen to me. But it's like really getting, you know, understanding kind of our roles and also like, you know, getting to the point where we can have conversations to really, you know, brainstorm about things and how to approach things moving forward in our work like an example kind of after a few years there was this moment where you know the economic downturn around 2008 ish you know happened there was a lot of you know structural and staffing changes that happened and there's a point where we were going to cancel one of our you know programs that was called the intern program at the time um, because there wasn't anything that we could put together that we could think about uh, moving forward. I moved into the interim program manager position and the director of youth programs was, you know, saying like, you know, you can take your time, you know, you can take this whole half year to figure out what's going to happen. Um, and then we can go from there. And then I was thinking to myself, I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's going to be kind of boring. Just me sitting, you know, by myself. And then also it's like such a, just, it's like a wasted opportunity to engage with like young people to like figure out, well, what can we do together? Mm-hmm. 
So I got permission. I was just like, you know, I'd love to hire on kind of a cohort of youth and then really figure out what we're going to do together. And so, um, and having the flexibility to do that was like, you know, pretty amazing. This was one of the shifts like for me after running kind of like more scripted kind of program. This was like, you know, using those tools and foundation now to go into like a more creative kind of piece. And so, we had a group of about 12 interns and picked up more as the year came. And we basically came to a retreat site and we we're just like, all right, here's a food project strategic plan. We do not have a program. We're not supposed to exist right now. How do we create something that serves kind of like our needs and, you know, as a food project and your needs as young people coming here that are and what can we do to help move this so we spent like a lot of time looking over the strategic plan and like different strategies and you know then figured out once we honed in our particular piece we're just like all right there's this part that was saying like create a group of food system advocates and we were just like all right i think we can do that by teaching folks like about the food system, getting them excited, getting them interested and getting involved. And the youth were excited about that. And also it matched their kind of skill set. So before they were being led, they were, then they were, you know, talking to volunteer groups and doing a lot of, you know, public speaking and trying to communicate powerfully with other people. And then to this point, now they're becoming like teachers of like sharing all the things that they've learned over the past couple of years or so. And so they started engaging residents in just a general way of like, let's educate folks to get them tapped into food systems work and then grab their emails, contacts. If there's anything that comes up, we can like mobilize this group to do it. The funny thing was, was it was first based on uh, middle school students. So it was just like, all right, let's educate like middle school students because they're younger than us. They like to, they like us high schoolers. Seems like a good fit. My relationship with City Year was like, we decided to pilot with them with their Young Heroes program, which was mostly middle school. And we did it for 200 of their youth. We had like cycles of workshops going. What we noticed was that not only were the youth interested, but the service members or the AmeriCorps members were actually more interested and they were interrupting and taking space like from a lot of the middle schoolers. From there, it evolved to not just a youth-based kind of curricular piece, but like to just a community overall. So we would do it for like, you know, law students. We would do it for, you know, church groups. We would do it for, other like organizations that did food systems work to show like how we were educating other people it was a big moment like for like several years and like leading the charge going from a larger community from a smaller group to serving more of a larger diverse group of people in the community and then from a like group that wasn't supposed to like exist to like something that was like a pretty yeah yeah, amazing piece and so those those components still uh, are alive in different ways of the food project but you know we've evolved a little bit like from that point dig a little bit at one thing that you said or some things that you said the um like what is the specific stuff like are we talking about like growing food yourself or like growing the food when you were talking about food system um and education and then them being able to share like what is that actual stuff so there's different iterations of youth engagement at the food project there's four kind of 
crews. There's a seed crew, which is introductory level. It happens in the summertime, and uh, it's for six and a half weeks. It's where youth that are there for like just a job or interested in social justice or interested in farming, wide range of folks from the city and suburbs come and work together at both our city and suburban land site to learn about the food system, learn about social justice issues, and you know, get hired to do a lot of meaningful work around activities we do in the in the North Shore. Then after that, if they're interested, they can come to Dirt Crew, where they work during the school year on Saturdays, and they lead volunteers as they were led on the land during the summer. And they talk about the food project. They also, you know, start building raised bed gardens and like teaching folks how to farm and do square foot gardening. Um, and they get deeper into like some of the social justice and food justice issues. It's a smaller cohort, so they get a little bit more intimate in their discussions like around that. And then the third iteration is a root crew, and that's during the summer where they actually are partnering with our growers to run the CSA, run the farmers markets, um, run the mobile markets, and so they're like direct partners and experts in like those areas, and they train some of the folks that were in, that are in seed crew during that summer, like around some of those components, and then when they get to the root crew academic year. They do work on Saturdays, but then they start shifting to becoming like teachers and facilitators of like that kind of knowledge that they've gained throughout that whole time to a lot of other people, especially a lot of our community engagement work. And so there's a wide range of like, you know, at the very beginning, they really get a grounding in kind of the farming and what it learning takes how to, to grow stuff and planting the seeds and tending and the work, the physical work that needs to go into that. Yep. Yeah. And then school year, they get a little bit more in a different kind of way on the urban side they're still supporting kind of the suburban farms and everything and like that that continues on and uh, they'll build a stronger foundation as it goes but then there's added on kind of other things yeah. that move forward so kind of the founding story there's like three core members uh, that helped found the food project and they were really good friends and I think back in the late 80s early 90s um, they were worried about like you know race relations disconnect from the land, disconnect from food, all sorts of those pieces. So it was a, a white farmer named Ward Cheney from Lincoln. It's a black minister from Dorchester named Alan Callahan and his wife Jeanette, who did like a lot of uh, youth development work. So with all those concerns, they would, I think they would talk and think about, you know, how can we engage in all of these various ways? And they were thinking about like really bringing to young people from across difference to really, you know, do that dialogue and try to understand each other's truths and figure out like how can we bridge that? How can we build something better? And that kind of place to do it seemed like, you know, on the land, which was and doing, you know, food systems, farming kind of work where, you know, at that time everyone was going away from farming and food. Why not go back and connect like on a deeper level with the land uh, in that kind of way and, and do meaningful work. So that all kind of came together in that way. And so that's been the, the core DNA of the food project moving forward. When we form our crews, when we form our staff, we really try to intentionally bring like very different people together to do that work and, you know, to, to model that to others because I think during these times today, I think that's even like really important to, you know, engage with each other as opposed to staying in your own uh, silos or in your own kind of, you know, camps or so. Yeah. Yeah. You can still come together and farm and grow food no matter what, what 
viewpoints or where you're from or what you're doing or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. And we feel that's like, for me at least, I think that's like a, that's a good foundation to start. Sure. And then you can see some common human commonalities around that piece. Um, mm-hmm. So what, what was the, what is the Lingros? Uh, so the Lingros kind of initiative here in Lynn, it started with the uh, partnership between the Food Project and the Lynn Food and Fitness Alliance, and they're Mass Emotion funded, and they're housed at the Division of Public Health in the city of Lynn right now. So we partnered in terms of you know a lot of food systems work that we we're interested in doing here in the city, and what we noticed is when we convened groups you know, three, four, five years ago, it would always be the same people, institutional partners, not necessarily any residents, or maybe uh, maybe one or two that kind of overlapped. And it was just, it was hard to like go forward with the work without getting like resident input, as opposed to just assumptions that we had, some of them correct, some of them not correct. Uh, and we were just very interested in connecting with the community members in a very much deeper level, I would say, than we were. So we shifted gears about two years ago. We talked about how about we evolve this committee to actually, you know, get some residents on board here to help us, you know, figure out the food system plan in Lynn moving forward. So it was a two-year process. So the first year, the food project's uh, root crew was in charge of like running workshops, a two-part workshop series that would recruit residents from the city. So the first one was talking about what a food system is, kind of getting people on board with the same kind of language to talk about their experiences, talking about how a food system like affects the, you know, economy, community, the environment, workers' rights, you know, your nutrition, just showing all the different elements from like seed to fork that uh, are influenced by this, the food system. And then after folks were interested in, or if they were interested after doing that, they were invited to a part two uh, workshop series, which was based on now that you know what a food system is, let's go into the food system and what it looks like here in Lynn. And we would talk about like the different zip codes in the area, household median income in different areas, demographics of different areas and how kind of, it didn't even matter if you knew the everything that you had to do to make the right choices there are certain you know kind of barriers um, that prevented people from having access to the choices they would need to make a better which would be like what just like transportation lack of fresh produce in the area yeah the household median income the food costing too much money yes to buy right so they, so in the in the actual workshop they would go shop with a different scenario that represented each of the zip codes so they would be dropped off in different areas so one group would have a car they could go to whole foods another group we would drop off in this area you only had this section to shop but you had a lot of different selection another group would just walk from our office and have access to what was around here and it was based off of the my plate federal guidelines of like what is your recommended diet so they were given a task to shop for the week for this scenario of a family and could you do it based on like everything that you knew and do it with culturally relevant food and a lot of people couldn't do it even with these folks that knew all about the food system it was like almost impossible with just like what was there to be able to do it yeah that seems like a really interesting uh 
little control group thing. Yeah, it was very eye-opening because, you know, even when folks were doing this, you know, they were very separate from each other. So the group going to Whole Foods just thought, like, everyone else had the same money and were super surprised to hear, like, what they had, what their limitations were, how much money they actually had. And so it, like, you know, and I think that's, like, a an interesting like representation of like you know how it is like folks are just shopping they're not understanding or realizing potentially like you know what other people's um you know situations are absolutely not out of like any kind of negative kind of right just 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 unaware just unaware um and so that was like also another lesson in terms of like thinking what's going around even in just like the same city that Mm -hmm. we live in so after that after folks participated in that if they wanted to get involved in changing the food system and building something better we invited them to become a member of the Lindgrove Steering Committee. So from that workshop series, I think we recruited about six to eight of our Steering Committee members, some other residents we've been working with in various capacities. So we invited them on board, and then you know it eventually evolved to like you know 28, 28 people. Um, there's about you know eight institutional kind of stakeholder representation on there too, and so it was this like very fun and unique group of people that would normally not get together at all and uh, me as being one of the facilitators it was just really such a rich experience to be able to work with this group at the table and just figure out how to balance like everything what were some of the things that would like that were exciting or eye-opening to you with dealing with the group like that um i think just like folks that i've known that have been doing amazing work in their respective areas never having the opportunity to connect in this kind of way right i think there was just like so much excitement in like having those people build the relationships with each other across you know these different sectors and yeah yeah it was just fun like having a spoken word artist to you know the umass extension kind of nutrition to like a community organizer to you know a community gardener um yeah it was just it was just fun and just I think they have like a really good concept of what you know folks are interested in around the food system and have a good pulse now on yeah. all the different components not all of it but yeah. a good chunk of it so all those people got together you brainstormed and thought of ways to better serve the community yeah part of it was doing a lot in terms of relationship building at first because you had these people that didn't know who who they were so that's some of the things that the food project does, you know, pretty well. It's like, you know, doing the checking questions, doing meaningful activities and not, and like, you know, demonstrating and leading by example in that way and like getting to know people better because the more that you get to know them, you're more willing to work with them to figure something out as opposed to work around kind of them if you don't, if you don't know them. So we spent, we met in total for about 10 sessions and the first two to three were just all about like kind of team building. What are your dreams? What brings you to this table kind of thing? It was all based around food too. So we would prepare like locally, you know, dinners that were featuring like our produce that were from the Lynn land. So as like you know some incentive to get folks to come and uh and then after that it was crafting let's draft a vision and a set of priorities for to build that that food system that we're talking about and spent a few sessions like you know really hammering that out with each other and like you know going back with drafts and like coming back and then going back again and uh so that was that was when finally we got to a near final draft for what we felt was a good what we could all agree on at the table 
then the next step was to move forward uh, to get the greater Lynn community's input on that. Like, is this, does this represent what you're experiencing? Is it, does it resonate with you? Would you use it if this were to yeah. be? Are these, like, if, right. Yeah, are these the things that Would you Would it integrate think, into your life? Yeah, or, and then also, do you think these are the things that would change the food system right. if we did these? And so we originally had seven priorities. We trimmed it down to six um, and then just got like a lot of great feedback from, you know, various people throughout the city uh, and, you know, launched it this past Saturday on the 14th. Awesome. And now it's like now it's shifting from the, the committee was like in creation mode and like getting prepared to launch. And now how do we are, you know, kind of role as a committee is changing now like how do we now market hold accountable and implement these priorities to to impl- to get to that vision yeah so. what are uh, that's the six on the website those are the yeah. six priorities yep do you want to talk about those yeah i mean in a general way in there's more details on there that yeah. i won't i won't yeah, yeah. talk too much about but it's uh affordability was one access in terms of just physical access points was one um school food was one uh food education was one and the last two was like highlighting local business that you know would promote uh local produce sales and then also uh community gardens cool so in what ways are like what's actionable or going to become actionable out of those things i mean there's so in the pieces that we list there's like an action and ask section so there are depending on each priority there are different ways that you can get involved so we're asking community members to sign on to be committee members if they're interested you know to share their stories for to be able to promote kind of the success of you know, for example, in the access section, the success of the Healthy Incentives Program, which is a local produce matching program, and like how the state should keep on funding it because you know it's increased like sales by six hundred percent, and then folks who normally don't have access to be able to purchase fresh produce now do. Um, so there's elements of those in each of the sections of, mm-hmm. of how to get involved and what we could use people's help for. <laughs> I mean, just like. You know, the team here at the Food Project at LFFA, the Lynn Gross Steering Committee, has been so instrumental in moving this work forward. It's not just, like, even, you know, the people that are here now, but just, like, I also being privileged to be here for so long, seeing, like, you know, who are, whose shoulders are we standing on, like, moving forward. So just paying, like, you know, homage to, like, a lot of the folks that have done the work over the past several years or dozen years has been like you know fun to see the connections around that so just really want to honor those people right on yeah what oh 13 years this is a long time so maybe like what are what are some of those things that you've maybe seen or lessons that you've learned over those like that 13 year uh thing here you know like time here i mean change comes slow but then sometimes it seems like it's fast uh I just remember there came a point where, you know, probably around in 2008, no one was talking about food justice or sustainable ag or, you know, organic. And then all of a sudden everyone was talking about it. It used to be a filter for us to help identify people that were very in tune with the food movement. 
like when they were applying for positions or things, but then everyone was just talking about it all of a sudden. And then there were moments where, you know, we were building a lot of relationships here in the city with like various institutions and uh, people and how it was touch and go for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're a part and a trustworthy organization and group to, you know, do work like around here and that was amazing to see and it just opens up like in both cases it just opens up like a whole different set of opportunities i would i would say and right now there's a lot of opportunities that we're figuring out you know what do we have the capacity for and what yeah what can you handle yeah yeah the patience uh yeah we talked about earlier seems important in an organization like this for sure like kind of we said it before, but to me, it's like everything I've ever done is like so fast and so rapid. Um, I definitely can try and absorb some of that stuff for sure. <laughs> and also, I try yeah. and soak it up. But, totally. Yeah. And it depends on, you know, there's yeah. times where we got to move quick. Right. And, but uh, it's, like a, it's like a macro patience and like micro speed, I think, is what it, it kind of like, it. you know, like you can see the over time all of that stuff might happen but and then the small stuff you're doing all these like small little pieces quickly uh what is a recent memorable thing that someone else has cooked for you it could have been in a home or in a restaurant or whatever yeah we have uh one immediately comes to mind so we have a couple friends staying they have a little little one that's about three years old and she is from Columbia and she introduced us to this Colombian hot dog and a lot of the same materials that you'll you'll see around in the stores but it was like a hot dog bun it was pineapple preserves slathered on one side some mayo and ketchup on the other crushed potato chips a hot dog like some of this fresh cabbage slaw with like lime and like maybe a little mayo too and then just like this uh cheese that she had melted on like a cast iron that you know would scoop in one long strip and you'd put it on top of the hot dog and it was just like this fun combination of things that i would never imagine in a hot dog which was you know the sweet from the preserves the savory of the dog and like the crunch of the and the cheese and it was just like wow yeah. I don't know if I can eat another plain hot dog yeah. <laughs> after that. That's cool. So, I've never heard of anything like that yeah, before, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> so the cheese was slightly crispy and chewy, and I was just like, wow, this is like hitting all the textures and the senses for me. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It was, it was fun. Uh, what is a memorable food or food memory from your childhood? Yeah. The. Let me see. There's so many. I just. I think I'm just always in awe of my mom. Being, she cooked a lot. She cooked a lot. My dad cooked, you know, you know, pretty, eh, like once or twice a week. But my mom was just like the main cook, and she could put like five meals down. And I just still don't understand how she would do it. And they would be so different from each other. It'd be. Yeah. You know, like this eggs, like pan fried eggs and a sweet soy with like a stir fried, like baby cucumber and chicken dish with rice and like a fried fish and just all very different things. And I cook a lot too. And I'm just like, man, how do you like put all that down and feed a family of five? 
like every day. And so every time like I go home with my and hang out with my family, it's just like fun to see her. She still loves to cook and she'll like let me cook with her or like cook, you know, for the family. She's she's always impressed with what I can do. But then I'm just like, you did this for like forever. <laughs> like, I don't know. So my, I don't know. My favorite memory is just her just putting down those multiple multi-course meals yeah. all the time. That's great. Yeah. Um, what's a recent memorable thing that you've cooked for someone else or for yourself? Doesn't matter. Have to be for someone else, but something you're particularly happy with or proud of or. Yeah. There's been this, I've been into this, uh, like kind of Southeast Asian soup. It's a kind of a combination of some Thai and some Vietnamese kind of pieces and it's just like you know uh lemongrass infused lemon for lemongrass infused like chicken stock Uh very basic and then after that you you know you just grill up some chicken that's marinated in like fish sauce and lime and sugar with the skin on it's like a boneless skin or boneless skin on chicken breast and uh slice that up and then i make this sauce which is just like it's like this uh fermented shrimp paste chopped lemongrass shallots and garlic it's like fried in like some oil and then some chilies are added and then it just turns this like bright red color and you add this on like with your soup with your chicken you have a lot of fresh herbs and like you know shredded cabbage and radishes and and then you finish it off with like a big squeeze of lime and it's just like one of the best things it just feels like something that just fills your energy tank in a healthy way awesome yeah. that sounds really good it's really tasty. You cook at home a lot. I cook at home a lot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Well, John, thank you very much for taking the time to explain uh, Food Project, talk about Lynn Grows and all that stuff. And Sounds good. Thanks for taking the time. This is fun. Okay. So if people want to find out more about the Food Project and the Lynn Grows Initiative and all these different things you're doing, what are what are some places to, to find you or follow you? Yeah. Yeah, totally. For the food project, it's definitely going to our website, uh, www.thefoodproject.org. And there's, you know, ways to get involved. There's volunteering options. There's, you know, work for sure options where you can work in various ways, either on the farm or with our school work and get, you know, veggies in exchange. Um, there's a lot of like events that we go to, uh, that are posted on there. You can follow us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. Those are pretty up to date all the time about opportunities and events that are coming up. Um, for Lynn grows, we just launched our website, uh, this past Saturday, April 14th. And if you go to lynngrows.org, you'll be able to check out the list of priorities and ways to get involved there. And then it also has like a section for current events that are coming up, featured stories and blog posts, and then also kind of a map of the local sustainable food system here in Lynn.
So one thing that sticks out in my head was that um, after you know that interview was a few days ago, is um, that little project that he that they did of giving everyone a certain amount of money and only having a certain place where they can go, trying to mimic different people's situations, um, you know, not due to any sort of negativity, but just that people are just unaware. Uh, certain ways that you can help are through donating to places like the Food Project and through, you know, helping them to engage with more youth in the food systems and growing better food systems um, that affect everybody, you know, not just low-income people or just, you know, that it just helps build a more vibrant community period for everyone. Be respectful of other people, no matter what their view is or their station in life or their goals or whatever, you know, like everybody's cool. And that one little, that one little experiment, you know, really like hit me right in the heart of just that people are, are just unaware and that groups like the Food Project are trying to create awareness and also to train youth to engage in a better way to move forward, which is gonna be the thing that changes the world. Um, and that's amazing. So anyways, thank you, John Wong, for taking the time to sit down and talk with me. Thank you for all of the amazing work that you've done with Lynn Grows and with the Food Project as a bigger as a bigger you know thing. Definitely gonna find some more things to do with them, and I will be sharing it here on my YouTube channel on all of those other outlets that I have going on. EvanTaylorCooks.com. Anyways, I think this one's double. Is this double? No, this isn't double digits. Anyways, thank you for listening. More fun stuff to come every single week. I hope you tune back in next week and keep checking up on everything. Yeah, thank you very much, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.